sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Monday evening, the 19th of June. I'm Sam and Hannah, of course, joined by Gerrion and Jason Evans. Do you know what this means also, Sam? Yes. It means one year since we've been working together officially. Hey. On the show, wow. Happy it's amazing. Time flies. <laughs> what, a, what a wild ride we've had. Sam and I uh, taking hostage the airwaves pretty much for the last year. My first question to you, Sam, this week is, we haven't seen each other in a few weeks, have you bought any bobbleheads recently? Uh, no. I know Carlton had this promotion that they were giving away a Patrick Cripps one, uh, but the line was too long, so I didn't bother getting in the line. That's a shame. Jerry, how are you doing? Yeah, is that just? Is there a reason for this bobbleheads question? Because a few Essendon supporters were buying them too and started selling them. <laughs> Right. <laughs> just just the type of people they are, right. Uh, sitting sixth. Jerry, during the week, you were telling me before we went on air, mm. uh, you took part in a big uh, athletics event. Yeah, so it was an annual like cross-country meet, so the Cruden Farm 7K for under-20s. Um, I came 15th out of 20. Uh, it was a tough race. Goals to come like top 12 to make nationals at States in three weeks. Um but there was this massive mud pit, which I just sent Sam now a bit. It was massive and, yeah, it wasn't fun at all jumping into that. So, yeah. If I could describe it to the listeners, when I saw the picture for the first time, your entire foot Ooh, is almost covered no. in the puddle and now here's <laughs> Sam's <not> reaction. <laughs> you might as well be running down the Yarra River. <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, if, by the way, for the listeners, we'll get – actually, Sam, we'll get that one up on our yep. Instagram. It's sports, at Sports Desk Sin on Instagram so you can see what Jerry had to fight through. It was just outside Cranbourne it was. Yeah, yeah. Fair Lang Warren, so. But yeah. a big congratulations for you to you taking part in the event. Oh, uh, what's, that, yeah. the, what's the future looking? What's the future? Um, so just two more weeks of tough training and then uh, cross-country, the 8K course in Bandura. So if you come top 12 there, you make nationals in Stromlo, Canberra. So – that's the goal. Do you like your chances? Do you think this is uh, achievable? Yeah, yeah. You've got to back yourself in. Um, been training pretty hard, consistency over the past month. So, yeah, just got to keep it going. Look at the face on him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, wow. Uh, so, well done, Jerry. I, I've just chucked that up on the uh, sports desk uh, oh, story on Instagram now. Yeah. <laughs> so you can a big congratulations. I'm glory. sure the, that must have been quite the Seriously, listen, just pay close attention to how deep his foot is in that puddle. He was trawling through the, uh, the I, biome. A, a few footy games in the past where it feels like you're going into the basement from from ground yeah. level to basement when you step inside, and it's not, not a great feeling. Um, but enough about us. Yeah. We should get into but some sports news. We should actually keep it athletics, for instance, though, because Jerry mm. Peter Bowles back at it. Yeah, he's back after um, the obviously drug scandal from a few months back. But he raced in Nancy, France, in I think it was just a low key meet, not a Diamond League, where he placed fourth, running one forty five eight one. So his PB is one forty four flat. That's about two seconds off his PB. So he'd want to be running. Probably under 145 um, come Budapest, which is in three weeks' time. So that's the World Championships in Hungary, which happens every year for athletics. So good to see Peter back. Yeah, definitely. No, um, I'm glad all that stuff, um, the bad, you know, test results and stuff, um, we can pass and move on from that now and uh, get get back to what he does best, which is on the track. (laughs) Um, in uh, some other news, Collingwood's decision to leave the Super Netball League uh, has had major impl- uh, impl- 
Implications. Implications. <laughs> Thank you. Implications for Netball Australia and the rest of the elite domestic competition. On Saturday, the team played their final Super Netball game, retiring the black and white dress with an emotional farewell victory in front of a record crowd in Tasmania. As per the, the current broadcast agreement that runs until 2026, the league must have eight teams in order to televise four games per week, leaving the national governing body scrambling to replace Collingwood spot for next season under extreme time pressure. The eighth licence and team participation agreement, the TPA, must be started before the CPA collective player agreement can be uh, renewed with all 80 players off contract on September 30. So they've given, Netball Australia's given June 20 a deadline for submissions, giving uh, interested parties less than a month from the day Collingwood announced it wouldn't be renewing its licence till that cut-off date. Do we so, know any front runners, Sam? Uh, no, not at this stage. I'm not sure, uh, to be particularly honest. <laughs> um, but I don't know too much about Super Netball. I know they play that in Tasmania, but surely they have a Tasmania team already. It'd be interesting. It's you know, sport in Tasmania is on the rise clearly from other codes going across the so nation. If like they do sleep, not yeah. already have one, I feel like that should be a straight swap. But um, maybe they already have one. <laughs> We're just talking out of tongue here. Um, yeah, any netball followers, come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's... SYN.org.au forward slash get involved. Been one uh, sport topic that we don't haven't spoken too much about, so um, that's definitely interesting. So hopefully, of course, they uh, find another team to replace Collingwood. Um, also in the news, American golfer Wyndham Clark has seen off Rory McRoy... Uh, Rory McIlroy uh, charged to claim the 2023 US Open. Both golfers have mixed moments in the dying stages of the round, with Clark eventually holding on by one shot to finish uh, at, at 10 under for the tournament. Australian Cameron Smith put a stellar day to go three under for the round, finishing fourth overall at a six under, while West Australia's Minwoo Lee finished equal sixth. Jerry, you got some more news? Uh, yes, so... Unfortunately, Swiss cyclist Gino Mada passed away aged 26 after a race fall in into a ravine during the Tour de Suisse. So, not something we want to be seeing. Um, no. Yeah, it could be the course needs to be adjusted in the future because, yeah, those things should not be happening because they're going at high speeds and, yeah, those turns, sharp turns up the hill, yeah. So, condolences to his family. Yep. Uh, and how long is that, that? That was just this weekend, the Swiss Open? Yeah, it was this weekend. Okay. Um, and uh, also here we're building up to a big game on Wednesday. Queensland have, could have every right to be feeling confident ahead of Wednesday, Wednesday night's clash against uh, the New South Wales at Suncorp Stadium, but there's no hint of complacency among the playing group. After an impressive win in the series opener, the Maroons will now go into their Fortress at Lang Park with the potential to wrap up the series in front of 50,000 fans. It'll be the first time in many years that Queensland will go into the game as favourites, uh, with the Blues missing a number of key players, including Nathan Cleary and Latrell Mitchell. Ooh. Excellent. Maroons could um, sweep them. Yeah, interesting. Bygone uh, era revitalised, revisited. <laughs> and one more story here from me. Uh, AFL 23. Uh, have uh, an Xbox announcement. We'll be distributing Xbox discs to retailers at the end of July, early August. Uh, They will have a more definitive date soon. Um, And uh, Big Ant Studios uh, say that they sincerely appreciate the support and patience of the Xbox community. Uh, And that too with the Feature Pro team um, 
uh, being currently in testing phase and will be re- released when that f- is complete. Well, so that's pretty interesting. Times. Now yep. that we're a few months into the AFL 23 experience, Sam, are you someone who has a copy of the game? Yes. How's it been now that we're a few months in? Have you got any uh, big moments that have taken place? Uh, not too much. I've I've played a little bit as it started, but it's definitely improved. There's now tactics in the game that you can use on the fly now. So it's definitely at a really enjoyable um, kind of point now where it was. <laughs> not Maybe not at the start. Does now, it have a good career mode too? Oh, uh, I've career, not really... Right? Yeah, delve too much into that yet. Um, uh, now, I did want to say, I want to correct myself, there is a Tasmanian team. So hmm. they currently have a Tasmania Capital Darters, which I assume is Cambler, the Queensland Sapphires. Sapphires. Sapphires, yes. Victorian Fury Giants Academy, the QBE Swifts Academy, West Coast Fever, Sunshine Coast and Southern Force. So Tasmania is already covered. So I wonder if... Um, I've got Queensland, maybe, and Sunshine Coast, so um, maybe a, I don't know, maybe a Northern Territory, something like Unless that. Unless it is just going to turn out to be another Victorian team, so you have those Melbourne derbies taking place with, you know, for instance, the Vixens versus another Victorian side. Yeah, potentially. Okay. Yeah. Anything else from you? Uh, no further news from me. Uh, I think oh. that is the cue to celebrate one year of Sam and I working together on the sports desk with a song. Yes. Uh, when we come back on the sports desk, uh, it is day four of the Ashes in uh, London. And before and, uh, we break that down, Jerry said he could possibly have a rant lined up for us. So I'm very <laughs> excited to hear that. And also we'll be reviewing round 14. Yep. That's all ahead on the sports desk in your Monday evening on Sin. The Black Keys on the sports desk. Shine a little light on your Monday evening on Sin. Now, Jerry, there are some crazy things going on in England, including a washout <laughs> yesterday. Uh, so hopefully day four gets going in the ashes. Indeed, Sam. So, well, England, I feel like they could be in the driver's seat today, but depending on how the weather is, because um, yesterday it was pretty much all rained out. So um, England, in their first innings, made 8 for 393 and declared after 78 overs. So Brendan McCallum's bash ball tactics is uh, working really well for the Poms. Uh, Joe Root uh, top-scored for England, former skipper, making 118 uh, off 152, so scored a massive century. Uh, Johnny Bairstow, yeah, being recalled as a wicketkeeper, 78 from 78 balls, and Zach Crawley with 61. For Australia, the leading wicket-takers there were Nathan Lyon with four for 149, Hazel with two wickets, um, and Green and Boland both uh, with one wicket apiece. Um, and in Australia's first innings, we were in trouble there. We had we were free down for 52, um, and Usman Khawaja, what a legend. After his recall in the Australian Summer Series a few years ago, he's just been on fire. Um, so he made 141 of 321 balls to save Australia. So they bowled out for 386. Um, it was a bit slower, though. That does strike me as a, a game where he was having to grind out those runs, facing 300-plus to yeah. get, ju- you know, get just short of 152. Yeah, Kawaja was, I think, struggling a little bit 
facing like Broad and Robinson who were swinging it away from him. Robinson was on a hat-trick ball at one point, yeah, bowling yeah, out Warner, bowling out Labashane. And then eventually bowling Kawaja. Yeah. Yeah, which we will talk um, very shortly about. Um, very happy with the middle order from Australia. So Travis Head with half century and Kerry with 66 as well. The only issues um Labashane being bowled for a duck um, – Warner and Smith not making much as well, so that could be an issue in the second innings if we get uh, knocked out for cheaply as well. Broad with three for 68, um, Robinson three for 55, and currently England in their second innings are two for 28 off 10 overs, so both opening batsmen, Zach Crawley and Ben Duckett, um, have been dismissed for seven and 19, respectively, with Pat Cummins and Scotty Boland with both wickets. Um... Yeah, so I just wanted to cover Ollie Robinson's, um, you know, send off of Usman Khawaja when he bowled him. So, dear oh dear, step away from the mic, <laughs> Sam. There was just like I don't understand how someone playing at the professional level, like you're in the ashes, and um, I'm not going to repeat what he said, but like that send off is just disgraceful. Like you've got many probably English cricketers um, or like young kids looking up to the likes of like. Ollie Robinson, I mean, he's just saying that, like, that's not in the spirit of a game and, like, I don't, certainly don't condone that type of stuff because um, what he said afterwards, he also said, we all want a theatre of a game, don't we? I'm here to provide it. Um, he was also talking about, uh, oh, they do it to us, the Aussies do it to us. So, so for those who missed it, just take us through what happened. So he got yep. sent off and then... Yeah, so essentially... Um, Robinson bowled out Kawaja, the yep. off stump came off, and then he went straight to Uzi like in front of his face and um, pretty much swore at him, yep. um, send him off at the same time with like the hand signals and whatnot. Yeah, it was flip off you thorn, the PG version. Yeah, and then afterwards in the press conference following that, he defended um, his on-field actions. So, yeah, very disappointing to see there. And considering the Aussies haven't really instigated much um, so far in this Ashes, like nothing I've heard of. Mm. Yeah. And Interesting. Yeah, this could be a draw, I reckon, if um, the weather doesn't play up because um, England might want to declare quickly, but Australia will try and bat it out, I reckon. That was also an yep. interesting call that they made during the first innings when yeah, England were batting. There was, there was some controversy surrounding that. Well, where do you weigh in on that declaration after the first innings for England? I think, yeah, England were looking for a result. So I'd certainly, um, like, I agree with that because they made close to 400. And, like, if they kept on batting, they probably would have made 450 and um, been bowled out anyway. So you're sacrificing maybe 60 runs to try and risk a win, which, you know, ever since McCallum's come on board, England have been willing to do that kind of thing. With Stokes as well as the captain as well. Those two are just, like, um, happy to take as many risks as possible. Do you think there is any chance that the Aussies can at least clinch this first test? Clinch this first test. Do you well, think it's doable? Um, after that, those two overnight wickets, I reckon it's doable. If we can get a few early wickets today, um, hopefully, fingers crossed, weather's all good, then I don't see why we can't knock them out for less than 200, then chase that down. So come on, the Aussies. All right, well, that's going to be exciting. So that, uh, of course... Uh, 8 o'clock tonight, and uh, England currently lead by 35 yeah. runs at the end of day three. It, 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 just you saying that makes it feel doable, Sam. 35 ahead, just like you said, get a few quick ones. Yeah. But again, then again, weather's a factor. 
or someone could go on a tear. It's it's all yeah. it's all Is very it palpable. The Aussie right now. spirit to want to play on in the rain, and the England just want to scurry <laughs> yeah. away to the tea room. Is yeah, that true? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just for motivation, we should get Sam to play the stinger again, just to get a bit more up and about about it. What do you what do you say, Sam? <laughs> all right, one more time. Here we go. Come on, Aussie, come on, come, come on. on, come on, Aussie, come on. Let's go. Day four tonight. Coming up to round 14, isn't it, Sam? Yes. All up next on the Sports Desk AFL round 14 review. This is the Sports Desk on scene. Fossil the people and the knocks all about you um, on the Sports Desk and your Monday evening on scene. It's time to dissect round 14 of the AFL. And... The buys, they're an interesting thing. I feel like we've stacked a lot of these games too many, like too close to each other. What do you reckon, Jerry? How so? Well, I, I, we still got some over the next couple of weeks. I know we just want to get them done. Isn't it just one? I thought it was one more week of buys and that's it. I uh, will double round check Round 16, here. I'm yeah, pretty sure, sure is the last, is when you go back to a full nine uh, game no, round. Yes, you're correct. Okay. But at least, it, at least <laughs> at least, the buys give uh, a bit of relief to a complaint you have is that there's no clashes. Yes, I've enjoyed the no overlapping. You can watch the build-up for the next game. You don't have to... Yeah, I enjoy that. Uh, I feel like they should spread the games out uh, more often. And if that means having a Thursday every round, then uh, no complaints from me. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that, though. Anyway, what happened Friday? Uh, well, Friday, things continued on, and Brisbane Lions... I would say we're pretty lucky to only uh, get up by 16 points in the end. 13, 19, 97 to 12, 9, 81. They kept leaving the door open for Sydney. Um, where And I still think Sydney not not really up to standard. So I think... Um, Sydney's in bottom four now. Yeah, I, I think... Are Interesting couple of weeks for Brisbane still because I would have thought at the Gabba, you know, a pretty safe bet for them that they would have put the... Um, the gas burners on a bit and finished Sydney off, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they kept them in the game. So um, interesting. So 16-point win. Uh, look at the stats from that game. Zach Bailey, two goals, three. Joe Danaher, two goals, two. Hipwood, two goals, two. Um, and 19 behinds. That's that's pretty interesting. And I was saying this to someone uh, earlier this week. I, I think there's just a trend. It'd be interesting to see the stats of overall behinds for teams this year because I think teams are just missing a lot more this year. I don't know why, but uh, 19 behind is, is uh, pretty pretty interesting. Lockie Neal led disposals, 29 for him. Josh Dunkley, 28. Uh, for Sydney, uh, it was Goulden, 27. Lloyd, 27. Zach Bailey. And then shout out to um, young Sheldrick from uh, Sydney on his debut. Um, I don't actually, I'm not sure for his debut, but he was his first first goal for Sydney, and he kicked two. What do you think of the game, Jerry? I feel like, uh, as you said earlier, Sam, that the Lions were leading all game um, and then the Swans just kept coming back and it wasn't like a comfortable margin. Like the overall um, margin was three goals. So I feel like the Lions next week against St Kilda away, they could be in trouble even though the Saints didn't play That sounds like a dangerous dangerous game. Danger game in the sense of Brisbane finishing top four or are we talking general finals ramifications? I I just think uh, overall um, just it's not good for their form at all and I think they should be putting teams a bit more uh, away than they are. Um, But they just seem to be 
I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a little hiccup for them at the moment, but uh, mm. just seems it's very repetitive of Brisbane. They'll have this little bad crash of form for a while and then they'll straighten up a bit. But um, interesting one there. Saturday we move on to, and uh, wow, I got this horribly wrong in my tips. Same with me. Giants lost by 70 points, 16, 10, 106. You uh, sorry, won, Giants won. won by 70 points. It was the Dockers. <laughs> Did you just say lost. Giants lost? Yeah, sorry, apologies. Oh, no. Um, 16, 10, 106, the Giants over the Dockers, 5, 6, 36. This is actually a game I wanted to dissect a little bit more in depth with both you, Sam, and Jerry. How exactly has Fremantle gotten to this point where now this is the, the drop they've had? The, I don't know. I think just <laughs> losing key players um, has cost them dearly. Yeah. I'd... Who do they currently have out on the sidelines? I'm not sure. Not too sure. Uh, but I, I think more of a case, I think, um, on the Giants side of things, uh, maybe they're just one of those teams, and I, I always forget during the season, that there will be teams that play half the year terribly and half the year good. There's always a team that does that. <laughs> the Giants might be that team. This is they've come out now with a up and down kind of style of form that just haven't looked really much of anything, and then they pull this performance out. Riccardi five goals two, uh, Toby Green four goals one. Uh, Josh uh, Jake is it Josh Kelly? Yep, the three yeah. goals. Uh, Brown two goals two. Um, so everyone was having a goal on the park for. Uh, the Giants, disposals-wise, Kelly again, 33. Um, and Tom Green, 31. A couple more wins for the Giants, and then they start becoming finals contenders. Yeah, they're kind of like a dark horse, so you never know. There, There is a decent amount of teams that are going to be between 9th and 13th. That's probably more than usual fighting for those spots. Yeah, um, and it's going to be a lot tighter, specifically because Richmond and Geelong now make up that space too. Mm. So that makes it a very interesting race. But uh, I'm interested in seeing if, if the Giants can get another win, who's to say that eighth spot isn't, you know, isn't a fantasy at this point? Well, no, anything's possible in yeah. football. I'm just and so they, confused about Freo. Keep that up. Um, I'm yeah. very confused about Freo. It was interesting to see. Though, so. What was that? It was, it was that yeah. G. Douglas's home game. It was. Yeah. But Dockers have got the Dons next week, so that might yeah. be a do-or-die game for them as well. Uh, moving on to uh, the Tigers and Saints on Saturday night. 20-point win to Richmond, 13-12-90-11-4-70. Probably a game St Kilda really needed to win with this strange resurgence from Richmond um, that I, I don't know. Why do you say strange? Well, form hasn't been that great. Yeah, and losing right. their coach... Um, it just maybe this is uh, I don't know a second win from them having a bit of a reset, mm. different types of things going on, and then um, Dustin Martin thirty-five disposals. Where does that come what from? About Trent Cochin's three hundred for yep. two goals, one twenty-nine touches. Yep. it was incredible to watch. It's a very similar finals calibre side, just mm. adding with a couple of extra fresh legs in the spot. We, you know, Tim Taranto now becoming one of the mainstays at the Richmond Tigerland. Yeah. Uh, you can see why. You know, you still have finals calibre players and a finals calibre list. It just it's a very confusing as to why their form was a bit out. Maybe it just needed a little bit of a refresher. You don't know because we don't. Uh, we're not in the inside, but. They, also, Richmond footy is a lot more scrappy, and it was a slog of a game to watch because of the conditions that 
uh, took mm. hold of the MCG. Yep. It was hosing down. Yeah. And their style can adapt better than St Kilda. However, St Kilda did play a pretty good second half, admittedly, but they could not. They couldn't stick the final kick inside fifty mm. and register any any dangerous scoring to give the Tigers a bit of a scare. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. It's Saints probably a crucial one for them because I feel like again where we're saying where these teams coming up that are in that ninth to twelfth, thirteenth spots, uh, I feel like that bottom half of the top eight could easily just as fall out as the rest of them are coming up. It's uh, very open and fluid. Uh, this ladder seems to be at this, uh, which makes sense for this midpoint of the year. Yep. Um, mm. End of form lines, injuries, new things, stories coming up. So, what were your takeaways, Jerry? I feel like St Kilda just, yeah, as you said, didn't adapt to the ball, and they were still trying to hit those forty-five degree angle short kicks um, out of a back line. So Callum Wilkie, um, Wanganin, Miller were trying to do that a few times during that third term, and. That just didn't work. So, and Richmond were just obviously playing that counter-attacking brand of footy. But then, when they were able to get those three goals in the third quarter in mm. quite quick succession to make it competitive at three-quarter time, going into the final, they still looked like that. Again, you could just if they just nailed that attacking pressure and were able to convert, they had it. Mm. It just eventually the Tigers ran over them. Yeah, and the players are still pretty young, so I don't know. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that that was a fascinating game to watch. In all honesty. Mm. Sunday we move on to, and finally, I can be happy in the studio on a Monday after a weekend. The Blues. We at they the got game, it Sam? done. No, this is the first game this year I watched on the couch from Melbourne. <laughs> um, I sense a pattern. <laughs> but, uh, look, I think, um, I don't know, after the last couple of weeks I felt like I deserved to have uh, some time at home. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> they're, they've got to earn me to come very, back in the stands. You, you uh, work very hard on this show. You deserve nothing. a break, and Carlton rewarding you for the hard work you've done. Well done. Uh, so 18-12-120 defeated the Suns 8-13-61, 59 points in the end, and nine goals straight in the second quarter. Don't you love to see it? Centre clearances, hitting up targets. <laughs> Where has this been? <laughs> Who is this team? <laughs> I cannot believe it. I, my jaw was on the floor for that whole second quarter. I just hope it's something that we can keep up with. Uh, we're going into the bye now, which hopefully doesn't kill the momentum. And What? Um, okay. Yep. But we needed a response like that after so long, and it was just beautiful to see what the team is capable of because I know they are capable of it. So hopefully the Blues can uh, stick it up and... See Kripa getting around, kicking some goals as well. He's had a slog for a couple of weeks as well. Uh, three goals for him, 27 disposals. Harry Mackay kicking some. Three goals uh, for him. Charlie Kerno, two goals, two. Adam Chera, 27, two goals, one. Two goals, one for Tom DeConing. Um, shout out, although, to uh, Blues veteran. Uh, Levi Casbold on oh, the other side goal. of things. Nah. That was an incredible goal. You've got to say, he had to turn it on against <laughs> us. It was always going to happen. Um, but that, that's got to be in the run-up for goal of the year for sure. Um, so really impressed with the Blues. Maybe not the last quarter. We kind of you know put the cue in the rack a bit, uh, which is not a good habit. Um, but it was something like nine goals in the second quarter and then 12 goals straight overall. Um Jerry. Yeah. Well, if the Blues can win a few more, um, 
Then Sam will be pretty happy. So maybe, maybe it's not over. Yeah. Well, you got five wins uh, halfway there. <laughs> well, it's just I, I don't know. I, it's when when we play with confidence and um, the, the ability's there, I, I, which is I think for the most part, is what's really upset Carlton fans mm. is because we know that we are much better than a side than that. Uh, but on the Sun side of things, uh, disappointing on their kind of half. Um, um, had those great games uh, up at the Northern Territory. Maybe they might have to petition to move up there. Um, but uh, I don't know what their form is like on the MCG. And the last game of the round, Jerry, uh, Western Bulldogs... 21 points, 15, 15, 105 to 13, 6, 84, the Kangaroos. Take us through that one. Yeah, so um, as always, the young boys have like a few good quarters. So the first quarter, we're up by three goals. So at one stage, we're up by 20 points. And then afterwards, um, uh, halftime was still pretty close. We're down by six points. Um, and then afterwards... I think the doggies just ran away with it. So Chalor was outstanding, um, kicked a goal and had 34. Shields was good from the back line with 32, but the bunt, I reckon he's still in Brownlow contention. Uh, three goals won, 32 touches. Um, and just Cody Waitman, like, when he's on, he's on. Uh, Six goals and two, two mark of the year contenders in all honesty. For one of he, he kicked a, a couple the week before as well, so he's mm. really firing Waitman at the moment. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Norton with two as well. Uh, Suvlaki, three goals, one. Stevenson, three goals. Pound Greenwood with two each. Like, I'm seeing good signs. Like, for the past, like, four or five weeks from the Roos, since Rats has taken over, we've been playing really good footy. It's just um, maintaining it for four quarters has been the issue for the yep. past few years. Yep. So, yeah, and the dogs, yeah. Uh, apart from, I'd say, the Eagles, the bottom sides, um, yourselves and uh, Hawks uh, are playing... Probably better than when they're normally, I think, you know. Mm. Um, I think it's a fair assessment. 18th, 16th and 17th on the ladder, I most think, teams Yeah, I was going to say to Jerry, I think it's a fair assessment to say, even though they sit at 17th, North are a better side than what way too many people give them credit for. Mm. Uh, I, I hope it was said on the show a couple of weeks ago. I think they're through the... I reckon, do you think North are, are through the worst of it? of this slump that they've had over the few years. Because I truly believe from the last few weeks of performances, yes, they haven't gotten a couple of wins, Sam, mm. but I think they should be able to get... They should be able to claim at least two or three more scalps by the end of the year. Yeah. Because there's genuine improvement coming. Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, you know, good young bunch of players and uh, I think... Uh, You've got the interim coach, Brett Ratton, at the moment, but still have Clarko to come back. Uh, there's definitely a lot of positives for Roos fans Speaking in of the future. Way, credit to Brett Ratton. His entire career has been extremely underrated as a coach. Yeah. And he doesn't get a good run of it. He's been uh, offered the, the crap end of the stick a, lo- a lot through the, uh, mm. his footy years, being sacked probably... P- too early, I think. Yep. And Shouldn't have left places. Carlton when he did. No. Uh, the Saints were, what were they, 8-3 and three at one point last year? And it's the same year he's getting sacked just because of a decline. Yep. He's got a really hard run of it. Yeah. From a Bulldogs perspective, however, that does start, it kind of pushes away a little bit of the bottom 10 because they have been a bit under pressure from a few gettable wins that they didn't get in the and last few weeks. I, I, think, um, I think a lot of coaches probably wouldn't have been as resilient as him with his Treatment. They may be out of the game or like had enough Ratton. with footy. Yeah, yep. no, he's he's definitely a credit um, to you know 
um, and he's doing very well at the moment. Uh, and, of course, there's, there was buy. So Adelaide, Collingwood, Essendon, Hawthorne, Melbourne and Eagles did not play this weekend. We'll look at the ladder and then Jerry will give us a bit of an injury update and a look at the things heading to the tri- tribunal. Um, on top at the moment, Port Adelaide, Collingwood in second, Melbourne in third, Brisbane in fourth, uh, St Kilda fifth, Essendon sixth, uh, seventh uh, is the Western Bulldogs and the Adelaide Crows in the top eight. Below that, Richmond in ninth. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny. Um, Geelong in 10th, GWS 11th, Gold Coast 12th, Fremantle 13th, Carlton 14th, Sydney 15th, Hawthorne 16th, 17th, North Melbourne, and on the bottom, the West Coast Eagles. Despite losing to Port Adelaide, I'd hate to be one of the bottom four sides in the top eight with Geelong sitting 10th, because if they go on a run, they're back in it. Mm. Yeah, well, th- th- I think this is a time for a chicken. Could we have two grand finalists miss the eight in the following year? Has that been done? Uh, I did check useless AFL stats earlier in the day, but I'm not quite sure what the stats said, but that sounds quite insane. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there just, just to see. Um, but Geelong, interesting with injuries. And then as we speak on injuries, Patrick yeah. Dangerfield, crazy stuff. Yeah, well, Dangerfield could be out for a few weeks here. Um, still no update to the severity of it, I think, from Geelong. But we're still waiting for further updates. But he was forced to wait outside the um, hospital because of the, um, the crisis with like, the emergency services. So oh. That was really weird to hear. Um, I feel like with a punctured lung, that's pretty urgent. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and he already couldn't fly, so it would have been a long slog to get back to Melbourne, or if if that's where, because yeah, because he, I think that's. I mean, if you're injured like that, you can't fly. So yeah, had to come back via car. Yeah, well, it said that um, at one of the hospitals he couldn't get treatment, so he was um, like diverted to another hospital. So I'm not sure um, where that sits, but yeah, like that should be. Um, treated straight away. Um, yep. Anyway, crucial for Geelong. Yeah, there's another injury with Geelong as well with Tanner Bruin um, being subbed out during the third quarter with an AC joint injury. So that's near the shoulder, about six to eight weeks. So that's another blow to Geelong's hopes. Um, mm. GWS Nick Haynes um, ankle injury. So further assessment on that, as well as Richmond's forward Samson Ryan with an ankle that looked pretty. He couldn't walk um, in that third quarter. So. Um, he could be out for a few weeks, and with Richmond, Tom Lynch is still out, so their tall stocks um, are not too good. For the Bulldogs, Liam Jones was subbed out in the first quarter with a fractured radius bone. Uh, so he'll get surgery. Um, yeah. Could be a six to eight week injury or longer. Tim O'Brien with a hamstring as well. And suspensions wise, Lockie Whitfield is in it again. So he's offered a one week um, ban for his sling tackle on Jordan Clark. Um, it looked. Yeah, it wasn't great look considering he did one a few weeks back on Sam Weeks, I think. Yep. Um, really yeah. um, prominent issue, those tackles. Um, uh, I think oh, I heard a sat today. There's yeah. at least 15 players that have been um, taken to the tribunal over a tackle this season. Um, That's not good at all. So, mm, interesting. Going to be riding it through to the end of the year here, and it'll be reassessed in the off yeah. season. This is going to be an off season issue, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. And also, Sam Weeks out for two weeks for striking Ryan Lester. Okay. All right. Well, that is round fourteen. 
Um, when we come back, we've got some Stanley Cup to finally get to. Do we? Oh, do boy. We? <laughs> we get to conclude the NHL coverage on the show. It'll be fun. Yep. We're going to do it rapid fire too. Stick with us. Uh, that's all up next. This is the new one from Great the Foo Fighters. Pick. Great Rescued. pick, this, Sam. This is the Sports Desk on Sin. Foo Fighters rescued off their new album, but Jason. here we are, Sam. That's what it was. Um, I've enjoyed the album thus far. I know you haven't listened to it yet, haven't you? No, I've got to get around to uh, it. It's we, we did uh, actually, on my list of things to do. We also got the opportunity to play Under You on a previous show not too long ago. So that was a really fun time. But if I could recommend you, by the way, Hearing Voices, Have It All and The Teacher, which is the 10-minute track on the album, if I could recommend those to you, Sam, I think those would be the ones you should seek out first. All right. Well, you know what that means. That goal horn means the Stanley Cup was hoisted on Wednesday American time. Got to watch it on Thursday. So I feel compelled to conclude our NHL coverage right here, right now. Here is Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals, Vegas Golden Knights versus Florida Panthers in about two minutes. Game 1 came short... Uh, not game one. Goal one came shorthanded on a Florida power play scored by Vegas Golden Knights captain Mark Stone in a slowdown, psych-out fashion. By the end of the first period, the scoreline read 2-0 Vegas. Florida scored their first over two minutes in to the second period by Aaron Eckbald from a great assist by Nick Cousins. However, Vegas would score four unanswered goals to go 6-1 up at the second intermission. Those four goal scorers were Martinez, Amadio, Stone's second goal, and Smith, which came from assist of the game by William Carlson. Through the legs, backwards, eyes of the back of the head stuff. Lovely. While Florida would score twice in the third, taking their total to three, Vegas would pile on three more goals themselves, including Mark Stone completing his hat-trick. The home crowd in Vegas had been chanting, We want the cup! We want the cup! As early as the second period, Sam. They ended up getting it. The final score read 9-3, and in just their sixth season as a franchise, the Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions, especially after falling short in 2018, I believe it was. They fell in the Stanley Cup final in their first year, so a bit of a redemption arc for them there. The the Smythe Trophy winner was Jonathan Marchessault. And there you go, Sam and Jerry. That's the end of our coverage of ice hockey. That was my first ever season covering the NHL. What an insane time that was. <laughs> it was a fun adventure. It was great talking about it. But boy, oh boy, it was an exhausting one. I don't know. With you in the NBA, Jerry, I don't know how the heck you do it. Like 82 oh, was... games for my season. Yeah. I'm sure it's a similar number for you at the yeah, NBA. It is, yeah. Man, it is exhausting. But hopefully it becomes a new pastime for myself and we do it all again next year. Yep, and uh, you'll be able to see some of the teams in the off-season coming here. We've mentioned we across have. the season. LA Kings and Arizona Coyotes are playing a preseason game at Rod Laver Arena. Okay. Jerry, you got some tennis? Yes, we do. Four! <laughs> <laughs> um, I really need a new sound. Yeah, no, good, mate. <laughs> well, we did a budget-friendly one. Go on. <laughs> um, so Australia's Jordan Thompson made the final of the uh, Libema Open, so that's in Netherlands. Uh, it's a 250 event, uh, headlining the grass court season, Wimbledon coming up in two weeks. So he lost, unfortunately, to uh, Greg Spore for Hometown Hero. Uh, he won the first set, actually, 7-6 in a tie break, lost the second in a tie break, and then lost the third set, 6-3. But um, he's flying the flag for Aussies. Um, and also Andy Murray, former two-time Wimbledon champion, 
uh, has won his second challenger title in two weeks. So he won the Nottingham Open, um, and that's his second title of the season. So you never know. Annie Murray could make a deep run at his home tournament because he made the third round at the Australian Open, knocking off Berrettini and a few others. So watch the space. Um, and Rafael Nadal is withdrawn from Wimbledon again. So yeah, he's obviously facing a long t- um, timeout. Okay. That's the sports desk. Wow. And that what is a great the sports program. desk. I've been Sam and Hennett, Jason Evans, and Jerry, and of course. And we'll be back on Friday from 5 pm, Monday as well from 5 pm. Uh, catch this, uh, the podcast and our social media sports desk, Sin. Um, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>